Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads Podcast, the show where Mark Meckler and Rita Peters discuss hot-button issues from a biblical perspective, helping to equip other Christians to bring light to a darkened culture. Rita is the Senior Vice President of Legislative Affairs, and Mark serves as the CEO and co-founder for Convention of States Action. Find out more by visiting conventionofstates.com slash pod. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. I am your host, Rita Peters, and my wonderful co-host, Mark Meckler, is busy this week with some other things, so I'm going to be hosting solo this week, but don't fear because I have a great guest for you today. I'm really excited about today's program. It's actually one of my favorite topics. It's the topic of jurisdiction. And that sounds like a really technical, um, not a very fun word, but jurisdiction is really all about power and lawful authority. Who has that in what areas? That's what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, our, our guest is a dear friend. It's Dr. Max Lyons. He serves as Director of Teaching Services at Foundation for American Christian Education. Dr. Lyons is a teacher, curriculum writer, and conference speaker specializing in the areas of Bible, history, government, law, economics, and biblical worldview. Wow, that's a lot. He has taught a biblical worldview adult Sunday school class for two decades and served as teacher and administrator in three Christian schools since 1979. Dr. Lyons holds a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics from Virginia Wesleyan College a master's in Christian school administration from Regent University, and a PhD in Christian education from Whitfield Theological Seminary. That is a bunch. And finally, don't want to miss this part, this is important. Dr. Lyons and his wife Margie have four children and seven grandchildren. Dr. Lyons, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much, Rita. I'm excited to be here and uh, talking about the concept of jurisdiction is like, as they say, you know, it's like being paid to eat eat chocolate. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have fun together. That's right. And I am convinced that by the end of this program, everyone listening or watching is going to be convinced as well that the topic of jurisdiction is interesting and really essential to understand today. Now, I want to back up just a minute before we dive into the topic. Your organization is called Foundation for American Christian Education. Tell us about that. Well, um, so the the short version is that uh, the Foundation for American Christian Education, or FACE, F-A-C-E for for short, is a is an organization that is working to restore uh, proper education in in America and around the world. We are an international organization. Uh, started in night, our, our founders uh, Verna Hall and Rosalie Slater started their research in the 1940s. Wow! So we've been around a long time. 
they started to see, uh, they specifically, uh, Vernal Hall started to see the slide of America into socialism in the 1940s. Of course, you know, Karl Marx, that was in the late 1800s. So we had socialism and communism thought uh, rising around the world and they saw it in America and started researching what what were our founding principles and where did they come from with the idea that maybe we can stop this um, this move in the wrong direction. So uh, Rosalie Slater was an educator, joined Verna and um, saw an educational program in her research. And so consequently, FACE now is focused on laser focused on restoring uh, proper education, biblical Christian education to the home, the church, uh, the school, and not just in America. As I said, we're, we actually have more schools uh, associated with us. They're called principal approach schools. We actually have more outside of the U.S. than we have in, the, in America uh, right now. But the, the growth has been dramatic over the last couple of years. So in short, uh, FACE serves anyone trying to do Christian education, whether they're uh, parents, homeschoolers, K-12 schools, higher education, churches, uh, Christian education uh, leaders and churches and pastors. It's, it's very broad, addressing true education, mm. anybody that wants to do it and at whatever age, because we're always all of us were always learning. So we have some 80 and 90 year olds that are taking part in our programs. I love it. I, I strive to be a lifelong learner myself and to raise kids who are lifelong learners. It's so important. And, you know, how timely that, you know, way back then the founders of your organization were concerned about the rise of socialism and you know, how, how timely for today's America, where that is just such a threat to our entire system of, of governance and the way people even think about the role of government. Now, um, before we move on, Dr. Lyons, what is your role with FACE? What do you actually do? So I'm the, the director of teaching services. So I I kind of say, uh, I, I like to refer to myself as kind of the boots on the ground guy. I work directly with, if someone calls and whether it's a homeschool parent needing assistance with getting started or needing curriculum or a school wanting assistance, either starting a new school, which we have lots of those right now, or um, an existing school that wants help with some of the things that we have to offer. Um, I, I'm I, I'm that person to 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 assist them. So I get to uh, help write curriculum. Train, you know, teacher training is a big part of what we do. And uh, we've got some our summer coming up where we have um, summer training courses here as well as around the country. I'm in charge of all of that. So uh, it's it, it's it's a it's a wonderful opportunity. We we love being able to serve the community and Christian education. And um, so that's generally what I do. Great. Well, we are grateful for you and the work that you do in that capacity. That's so important. Now, 
What we haven't mentioned yet and what your bio doesn't say is that you are also an author. You And that's really why I invited you to be my guest for this program today. You have written a book called Government Takes All, What's Left for Me? The Biblical Case for Limited Government. And I have to tell you, Dr. Lyons, I, I probably can't express adequately how much I love your little book. And I say little just because it's a short read. Mm -hmm. It's very concise. You know, if you're listening to this program and um, you'd like to learn more about this topic or read about what we're going to discuss today, you should totally get this book because it's not you know, it's not for the deep, all the philosophical underpinnings, you know, it's not, um, it's not some 600 page, you know, treatment of all of the depth of what could be discussed, but it's, it's just, you know, for a layperson to understand the biblical case for limited government, this is the book for you. It's very readable very quick read. It is available on Amazon. I checked this morning. It's, I think, $7.99. So I'm not here to sell your book, but I just want people to know I love this book. And when I first read it years ago, um, I was just taken by how useful it was. Mm -hmm. So the book is all about jurisdiction or lawful authority and the different roles that each sphere of society is meant to play. It's a clear, concise explanation of how society is meant to operate under the Bible, but also under our Constitution. And it talks about each component of our society doing what it is particularly suited to do and what it was actually designed to do. So this is the topic we're going to dive into, but I have to know first, what inspired you to write this book? Yes, yeah, so for it answer that question, uh, if they want to purchase the book, I would prefer that they go to Face rather than Amazon because we sure. love to connect with people. So it's simple, F-A-C-E.net. And we have a bookstore and we have many wonderful products. Um, so what inspired me to write this book was um, partially par partially related to what uh, Verna saw as she saw us sliding into socialism. Uh, as I've studied history, studied and taught history and government economics, it's been kind of my wheelhouse over the last few decades. I came to realize that one of the key topics that kind of underpins everything is understanding this idea of jurisdiction or the, the lawful use of lawful authority, as my uh, friend Dr. Gay Ferdon says that jurisdiction is. Um, so um, I, I, I was looking around, I was actually looking, before I do any writing, I've written nine books. I, I, I look at, I do a literature survey first to see if someone else has already written on the topic because if they haven't, it's a good book. Um, I'll just promote their book. It's, it's, it's a lot of work and trouble and money to publish. Uh, yes. So I, I found, I actually found a very good book uh, on jurisdiction, but it was written in the 1800s. And as I, as I read it, I realized a lot of the historical references, et cetera, and the language just 
you know, for the for for someone reading it today would be a little difficult. So, um, I thought it was a very Thank important you. topic, and especially with regard to runaway government today. And we all know the problem that we're having with um, the concept of limited government. We've kind of lost that concept. That was such an important concept for the founding generation, the writers of our founding documents. But we've almost lost at least a number of people in, in our country have almost lost that idea. So I just felt like it was something that really need to be um, taught on. And, um, and and again, you know, I, I, I like to write in a concise way because the 600 page books don't always get read as more quickly as a, as a short book. So Yes, I did try to um, deal with the subject succinctly, but I really felt compelled to to um, also I wanted to to bring out the biblical case for limited government because it's not, you know, I love Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and all and Mark Levin, but they did not you know, even the founding fathers, they did not this isn't their idea. They got okay. the idea from the word of God. It's a biblical idea, and I wanted Christians to understand that. Absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, it's interesting, your your background in education certainly qualify you that you could have written a very long, extensive treatise on this topic. But, you know, I've heard people express in various ways, it's harder to express your idea in a concise way so that people can just really get it and understand it. It, it takes a lot more effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and did a great job with it. So here's how I want to proceed. Let's just lay a bit of groundwork by having you describe what these different segments of society are that we're going to talk about. And then just in a sort of conclusory fashion, tell us what is the proper jurisdiction of each one. And then after that, I'm going to ask you to dive into, you know, what's the basis for this, the biblical basis and constitutional basis. So tell us, Dr. Lyons, what are the different components of society and their jurisdiction? So um, some will say that there are four jurisdictions and some will say that there are five. It's just um, one can be a subset of the other in my mind. But the the basic jurisdictions, and this was, again, it was God's idea, um, not ours. You know, it's it's individuals, uh, then the family, and then the family of families is the church. Then we have voluntary associations, which you can't you could combine that with the church because the church is a voluntary association. But since it's a special one ordained and created by God, I think it deserves its own emphasis. Mm -hmm. And then civil governments is the final one. And I say that because, you know, there's local, there's state and there's federal. So Mm -hmm. those are the five jurisdictions. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, God has ordained that they they each have um, responsibilities and he gives them the authority to do certain things. But but um, every one of them has limits and we have to have limits on our authority because of the sinful nature of man. <laughs> That's the reason there has to be limits. You know, the Bible in Isaiah, it talks about Jesus and that uh, the that the the the. Um, that the growth of his kingdom will never end. There's no limits to the authority of God and Jesus 
but that's okay because they're perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah. there has to be limits on us because we're we're imperfect. And this mm-hmm. division into these five areas, you know, ag- again is a check on the sinful nature of man because God has decentralized authority and power, not centralized it. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a key distinction between the, the battle of worldviews right now. We've got a we've got a we've got a side that believes in centralization of authority, and um, that has never worked out well because it's it's against it's against God's order. Yeah, absolutely. I want I think you know individuals, um, the family, the church. Those are sort of self-explanatory what those are, and government sort of self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. We all know what that is. Um, explain a bit what you mean by voluntary association. So voluntary association is um, that would be uh, groups of people that uh, they're not coming together because they're forced to in a civil government. Uh, um, they're coming together for reasons that, that they they choose. It's to, okay. So, you know, the Salvation Army, the YMCA uh, business, you know, okay. commerce is a every business is a voluntary association. If it's not connected to the to the government. Um, yeah. And again, the church is the church is a voluntary association as well. But there are over a million nonprofits, you know, voluntary associations in America, and, and most of them are focused on solving some uh, societal need. You know, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers and Alcoholics Anonymous and th- those types of things. It's a very important um, part of the the structure um, that God has given us. Yeah. So each one of these has its particular role to play and there are limitations on that role. So if I could give an example, I would say it's primarily the role of the family to nurture and direct the education of children. Right. That would be an example of the responsibility given to families. Are there uh, some other examples like that that you can give us for these um, different different groups, different mm-hmm. jurisdictions? Sure. Well, let's start with the individual. You know, who's responsible for my health, my education, my, my welfare? Um, pretty much uh, almost everything you can think of, the answer would be me. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's the way God has designed it. Yes. Um, and then when you come to the family, you know, besides the when you're talking about uh, children, the raising of children, uh, for example, until they bec- become adults, yeah, everything to do with those children, you know, their education, their health, their protection, you know, the love that they need. Um, all of those things would be under the jurisdiction of parents and you know um, shockingly a lot of those things are under attack today and actually have been for a long time Mm -hmm. but um, most people intuitively would know that those things are under the jurisdiction of of parents Mm -hmm. you know the church has a particular jurisdiction to 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 uh, to to evangelize and disciple there's a teaching responsibility to the church as well to you know corporate worship the administration of sacraments you know we don't want people, you know, Max Lyons to fill up his tub or his pool and start baptizing people, that would be inappropriate. That's not my jurisdiction. Or, yeah. sir, you know, or 
you know, grab the elements and start serving communion. That is, that is, you know, that's what God called the church to do. Now, it seems to me that for the most part, this concept is fairly well understood and respected until you get to the category of government. That's right. And that's where it seems to all fall apart. So, um, I'd like for you to kind of start our conversation on government jurisdiction um, by describing the proper functioning of government according to the Bible, because some people might not even, you know, necessarily know that the Bible does have something to say about civil government and what its purpose is. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we could take hours on what the Bible says about civil government because you start in the book of Genesis and you go all the way through. And I mean, kings, judges, it, it, it's all there. The, the government that God gave to the nation of Israel, um, which some have referred to as the Hebrew Republic. There, were, there actually were hundreds of books written with that in the title. Uh, centuries ago, there was this common understanding of this. But I'll go back to Genesis, um, you know, self-government, the whole idea of Christian self-government. God said to Adam and Eve, you know, you can eat of any tree except for the one. <laughs> so he obviously does, you know, design man with the ability to govern themselves. And that really is the root and foundation of all government is self-government. We okay. see the rise of civil government. We see in Genesis 9, 6, you know, um, the death penalty for 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 murder. That's the first time you see that in, in Scripture. You see the rise of civil government because of, the, you know, the fall and the sinful nature of man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, most people in, in terms of the New Testament, just skipping over a lot that we could talk about. But in the New Testament, you know, Romans 13 is the most definitive a statement on government there, and I spent a lot of time exegeting that and looking at the, you know, the original language. But it seems clear to me and many others as well. I don't think I'm an outlier on this. That according to Romans 13, the the basic fun- function of civil government is to punish evildoers. Mm-hmm. So where I go with that in our modern society is that it's proper for government to have for us to have military, to have police, judges, courts, uh, courts, um, ability to, you know, systems to to punish evildoers and to and to and to cause um, um, reimbursement or recompense to be to given to those that have uh, um, been offended. Um, however, uh, you know, where we have a problem with that is I put. Biblically, I'll put a period there. I think I believe that uh, it's responsibility for government to punish evildoers, period. And consequently, it's the responsibility for the other jurisdictions to be the, uh, the government punishes evildoers. The others are the ones who do the good. So they're the ones to do the positive things. That would be the individual, the family, the church. Uh, volunteer associations, they're the ones that should be educating and taking care of the needy, you know, welfare, um, taking care, you know, helping people with uh, health issues, you know, um, all the good that could be done in society. That's the jurisdiction of 
the four jurisdictions outside of civil government. And you can see where we've messed that up <laughs> royally. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and I want to stay here for just another minute because that was something in the book that was really helpful to me as just providing a framework for thinking about it a positive role of government versus a negative role. And of course, I don't mean positive meaning good and negative meaning bad. I mean, right. positive as in proactive role and negative as in reactive role. Right. And you, you point out that really the role of government, primary role at least is more of a negative role. It's, you know, protecting the rights of people protecting us from evildoers, protecting us from invaders, punishing the evildoers, the lawbreakers. Um, that really is what government's mm -hmm. primary role is. And when we start to think of government as having the positive role or the proactive role, it seems like that's when we get into this big jurisdictional mess. That's right. Um, one of the ways I like to talk about this is, you know, um, sometimes I can be accused of, you know, well, you you must not care about the poor because you don't want government doing this or that. You're you don't care about the poor or the needy, and it's no, of course I care about the poor and the needy and the sick, but I want to care about them. Sure. I want to care for them through you know, my, my individual work, my family, my church, the voluntary associations I'm part of, That's it is not the role of the government to do those things. Is that where we get mixed up so much today as in just thinking, well, if you're opposed to a government program that does this, then you don't care about, about the sick and the poor. Yeah. Be careful when someone says you don't care because they're actually claiming uh, to know what's in your heart and, uh, yes. and that the heart is God's jurisdiction. The actions are man's, but the heart's God's jurisdiction. So I would respond. I, I actually care more for them than you do because I want them to be served the proper way, which is going to benefit yes. them better. Um, so yes, uh, Marvin Olasky wrote a book in the in 1980s that I love. It's called The Tragedy of American Compassion. Love that book. And yeah. uh, it's on my top, you know, my top list because he he actually demonstrates how for 200 years we did welfare correctly in, in our in our yes. country based on an idea, uh, proper understanding of jurisdiction. Uh, individuals that needed help, whether it was health or, you know, they're alcoholics or whatever, they, you know, couldn't work. Um, they were helped, first of all by their family and then secondly by the church and yeah. voluntary associations so and and it worked way better than it's working now um mm -hmm. so 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 yes uh you know it, we we can both agree that that people do need uh to be helped because that's just human compassion but but we disagree on methodology and we're really arguing for the biblical method and guess what because it's biblical and it's god's way it works a lot better than than the other way yeah and guess what 
the Constitution backs us up <laughs> because right. the Constitution, I would say, and I know from reading your book that you agree, the Constitution really implements a vision of government that's very consistent with that biblical vision where jurisdiction is carefully divided and limited specifically to keep government from encroaching on the other jurisdictions. And we don't have time to get into all of the ways that the Constitution um, does that, but you do discuss it in your book and um, it, you know, it's, it's right on. So Dr. Lyons, would you say that today in America, we, um, have a problem of idolatry of government? Uh, that's probably a good way of stating it. Um, I think it was Rush Junior that used the first, used the idea of the messianic state. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's very true. We we've come to really view the state in a, in a way that people, that we ought to view God, you know, now instead of our father, Lord in heaven, it's, it's our government who are in Washington. And, and I mean, you just look that, you know, there's a disaster. And the first thing that we look to is a statement from the president and, and, a, and, a, and, and federal money to be coming to that. Isn't that indicative of the fact that we are really, um, you know, whoever's your providers, kind of your God, you know, providence is another name for God. And, yeah. and so many of us look at the government as their provider and we need to wake up because government has a function. We're not anarchists, but, uh, but we need to have government do what it's called to do. And then the rest of the jurisdictions, including us and our family and our churches, do the rest. That's that. That's God's order, and that's the best. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Lyons, we are about out of time, but I never want to leave the program without providing people a solution that they can look to. Of course, prayer first and foremost. Prayer for for our nation. Also, education, which is something that you are heavily involved in. Um, And thirdly, you know, the organization that Mark Meckler and I are involved in, Convention of States, I would encourage you, you know, if you're looking for ways that you can be involved in implementing a meaningful solution to the problem with our government and government overreach in particular, go to conventionofstates.com and learn about that. Um, Dr. Lyons, I wish I had another hour with you today, but please, before we close out, tell people again um, your website where they can find your book and also how to get in touch with you, also available on your website. What is that site again? Uh, it is face, F-A-C-E dot net. That is the, the, um, the website. And me personally, it's max at face dot net. So those are there's tied together. It's, it's pretty easy. Awesome. If I can help you in, in some way or we can serve you in some way and at face, uh, please reach out to us. Dr. Lyons, thanks so much for being with us on the program today. Thank you. Well, that's all of our time for today. I would thanks. like to thank our generous sponsors at Blue Ridge Chimney Services, Blessings Christian Bookstore, Sunshine Ministries with Christian Radio, 
Wishing Well Florists and Travel Services, and our friends at New Beginnings Church and Garber's Church of the Brethren. Thank you all for listening and for your encouragement and financial support. If you'd like to help keep Crossroads on the air, you can do so by check to Crossroads at P.O. Box 881, Harrisonburg, Virginia, 22803. I'm Rita Peters, inviting you to join us again next week for another edition of Crossroads, where faith and culture meet. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads podcast. To learn more about Convention of States, go to conventionofstates.com.